Calvary Cast listeners, we are back. Episode 98. Almost at 99. We're not quite there. And Jess has defeated laryngitis. There I go. I am uh, strong. Too strong for laryngitis. Too strong for laryngitis. It has no power over him and his throat. And so we are back after a couple weeks break because of your illness if you would have thought more positively about it though it probably would have just gone away sooner it was all in my mind and i let let it conquer me right you're weak (laughs) you're weak but weak no more i have never had that experience though before so that was very interesting good times had by all yes it was i think this is the first episode of the new year isn't it it is it is and we're already the 17th that's pretty bad we're way behind how are your resolutions going um I don't know if I had any strong resolutions or anything, so I think I'm doing pretty well, though. I wait till February to make them, and then I get ahead of everybody by a month. Okay. It's brilliant. It's a secret life hack out there. Make your New Year's resolutions for February. How does that put you ahead, though? I don't understand. Well, everybody else is done by the 17th of January. They've given up. Yeah, right. And then when they ask me in February, how are your resolutions? Great. I see. I just started them. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I have the, like a lot of people <laughs> do the thing clever. with diet and all that kind of stuff. But I, um, then I got sick, and I I was doing pretty well with my diet and exercise anyway. But then I got sick, and then that all went out the window. And and if now I'm sick, this, I might as well eat a sleeve of Oreos. This weather, it's like Northern Illinois here this year. It's, it's snowing, cloudy. Right That's now. a big thing is the clouds. And I, what I does the clouds lose, have to do with your eating? Um, you feel, you feel less motivated and <laughs> like, oh, shoot, happy. it's cloudy. I'll eat a sleeve of Oreos. Yeah, it's just like, uh, but not, I, I guess my diet isn't totally out of control. It's just, um, anyway, yeah, I think, but to me, this weather is, it gets to be a challenge. It's the clouds. I don't mind cold as much or a day or so here of snow, but we've had clouds almost every day, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember really. It's a full sunny, sunny day, and that's different for uh, Grand Junction. A couple days, but not, not as much. We Grand Junction people, we like our sunshine. Like our sunshine. The Florida of western Colorado, yeah. except for right now. So, uh, Yeah, uh, we could do a little update on the, the, the socials. The Instagram page has kind of gone out of control, blowing up. We got like 27 followers now. So Wow. Just forewarning here. Hold on. Actually, I'll find out for sure. Get an up-to-date, uh, up an up-to-date count here. Date, yeah. uh, this is hold on. Okay, I gotta switch the account here. Uh, this is riveting podcast stuff. Anyway, you can go follow us at the Calvary Cast for the most epic of uh, memes. That's the thing for thirty-two followers. We're at thirty-two now. Thirty-two followers. It's out of control now. It's out of control. It's, it's out of our hands. It's it's gone viral. It's gone viral. There's so, <laughs> if you are if you're a cool person, follow us on uh, the Calvary on uh, Instagrams. And on that, you're just going to put things like it's mainly uh, memes right now, or new update. Like if we or put like I put a little clip or, of the show or something like that. So but I saw the one you had of me uh, arm wrestling, wrestling Larry. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about your interpretation of that no, no. uh yeah yeah it's uh it's just kind of for fun well so good i make memes and i laugh at them and then i don't know if anybody else does but i do and i have fun i'm sure they do i'm sure they get a kick out of it i'm sure they do all right should we talk about our book of the month 
book of the month. Yes. What is the official title of it? Because I don't have it in front of me. I apologize for that. <laughs> I can explain. Praying with Paul. That's right. Praying with Paul. D.A. Carson. Mm-hmm. Or how they affectionately refer to him as the Don, right? Really? Yeah, his name's Don. You know the Don, I know like the mafia Don. Yeah, I know. You know? Well, who is the they and who is using that? I heard it once from uh, uh, Kevin DeYoung, I think, okay. called him that. Somebody else said he that. Knows I had him, thought so. of it myself, too, the Don. But mm. I would never say it to him because he would you probably would never chastise me. see him. Right. That, too. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, I wouldn't tell him that you're the man. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, yeah, praying with Paul. The uh, just in a nutshell, this is a good book about what he does. Is he goes through Paul's prayers in the New Testament, and then draws from that, uh, teaching us to pray. Hmm. Used to be called, I think it had the subtitle something about spiritual reformation or something, but they changed it in the updated version for the title. But anyway, that idea that. Um, you know, obviously prayer is important to us. How do we pray? Mm-hmm. Well, this is showing you um, from Paul's prayers um, the way Paul would pray, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to us in seeing the types of things we pray for. So I I benefited from it, but I read it years ago, a number of years ago. And, um, so you didn't really reread it before recommending it? I re-went through it. I didn't read okay. it word for it. I mean, it's a 200-something yeah. page book, and I've got other things I'm reading, but I, I went through all my highlights and... Yeah. And uh, and uh, I read through uh, the updated introductions and different yeah. things like that they've come out with. So um, you can say you read it's it. a good book. And Don Carson's trustworthy. Yeah. That's why I, I honestly would not even have to read it. Right. And I could just say, yeah, yeah, read that book. It'll right. be good for you right. because he's trustworthy, proven himself. And um, and the way he writes is really good. It's thoughtful and sometimes devotional i listened to that interview you said a while ago the one on the crossway podcast about uh his philosophy of ministry and his dad's ministry and stuff it was good yep very yeah so i i appreciate him so pick up praying with paul by the dawn and again with these book of the month with the the book of the months these are recommendations Mm -hmm. of books we've read Mm -hmm. that were profitable Mm -hmm. and people might find them good mm-hmm. um, and profit of themselves. We're not saying you have to get every book of the month. Um, and, and we keep them out there. Okay. This may be uh, an obvious news thing, but let me to say, you. Yeah. But it, or it may be very obvious, but it's like we keep them out there so that if you're looking for something to read, you could check the table. Maybe there's something on that yeah. uh, that you would, that you would choose. And that's going to grow every month, which is really cool. And eventually we'll have this big library. By the, by the time we are 87 years old, or you'll be 87 and I'll be like, however old I'll be, then the walls will be lined with books. That's It'll right. Amazing. I'd like a bookstore, sort of suppose. <clears throat> we used to have a book. Um, In a library, right? We had a library here, um, which needed some The problem updating. with most church libraries is it ends up being like Left Behind and Jeanette Oak. Yeah, yeah, Amish romance novels. That's what was in there. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's true. It was it's true. Amish romance novels, <clears throat> and we had to put the nicks on it. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, uh, we, I think reading is reading has helped me, and reading can help other maturing people. Christians should be reading. Should try as much as they can, as as can. to read or it's listen audio book. Do something where you're uh, feeling, you know, you're. Mm-hmm. You're pursuing some growth and knowledge yeah. and that kind of thing, so it's good. All right, pick it up at uh, the Calvary Cast bookstore or something like that. <laughs>
No, it's not the Calvary Cast bookstore. It'd be the Calvary Bible Church bookstore. Sponsored by the Calvary Cast. Enough of that. <laughs> Topic of the day. Meditation. Um, I should have played some more meditative music. I, I was thinking of playing somebody that's like, you know, like the, mm-hmm. when we think of meditation, the right. person's like going. Yeah. And they're sitting cross-legged. And yeah. Got some incense burning. But that's not the kind of meditation. That we're is not about. what we're talking about at all. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite of that kind of meditation. A lot of mm-hmm. times when we think of meditation, we're thinking of that idea of, um, you know, you clear your mind. Which actually, yeah, in and that's growing in a new way now, though. It's called mindfulness. Mindfulness, right. Yeah. And w- this is really the opposite of that because mm. this is an emptying mind. This is actually filling mind mm. with good stuff. So uh, meditation. Pause on that while I take a drink of my water. While you take a drink of water, I will talk about meditation. Meditation is to meditate. That's right. It's it's kind of like <laughs> meditation to noun to meditate. So, well, this is like for uh, cracking okay. myself up. We're getting this though. We're going to talk about the the Puritan idea <clears throat> of meditation. Puritans being those, we like Puritans. We do the 17th century uh, Christian pastor writers that have been helpful, instrumental, so many Christians. Yes. And uh, they were big on uh, meditation. And uh, we, there's going to be two links here into the show notes uh, on this and mm-hmm. we're, that we're drawn from. Joel Beakey, who is a... Uh, Probably the foremost Puritan right. guy. Started reading the Puritans when he was a young teenager from his dad's library. Which is pretty impressive. Started a Puritan library at his church as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Started his own Puritan company of selling books uh, as a teenager before college. Wait, really? Before? Yes. Wow, I didn't know and that. And then after college, restarted it up again as a pastor. And now he has, they're doing the Puritan paperbacks for today series and those kinds of things yeah. right what's the name no, of his their reformation press which puritan one? reformation press puritan reformation banner press. of truth does the puritan paperbacks okay so Purit so he does I other things reformation similar. heritage reformation. reformation heritage press i think right it's and so he's big on it so anyway there is a uh a paper that he wrote on puritan medication uh, meditation <laughs> meditation <laughs> the puritan medication is meditation. That's right. There for your go. soul. The medication for your soul would be meditation. meditation. And so we wrote a paper on that. We borrowed from that, of course. And then the Puritan Conference, we didn't get to go to didn't back get in to go to. But we watched parts of it. I watched some parts. Yeah, we didn't pay anything <clears throat> to go to <clears throat> it. And we got all the Content. stuff free. Plus, we're getting the breakout sessions. You only would, you would have to choose one of the breakout sessions. But I was in. This is one of the breakout sessions from that. And it was talking about meditation. From so it, Stephen Yule. When I was sick, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about this, and I watched that lecture mm. from Stephen Yule, and I also read Joel Beakey's deal, and so I was like, man, we need to do a podcast on yeah. Puritan meditation. What mm-hmm. is it, and how do we do it? Okay. That's what we're doing. All right. Should we start with uh, defining meditation? That would probably be helpful. What I already we? did. It's to meditate. Right. There you go. Maybe we could go a little further. Let's go a little that. further now. Okay. So what is meditation? When the meditation we're talking about here, 
uh, we'll call it biblical meditation, not even Puritan meditation. We're talking about biblical meditation. But the Puritans put a lot of thought into that. That's why it's helpful to, to read the Puritans, right? Because the way they broke down meditation and all is very helpful. Yep. And every, so like they'll take a verse, um, and write an entire book on it. Yes. Well, that is the fruit. That book is the fruit of the meditation meditation on that verse. So if you want to learn how to meditate or see that fleshed out and the fruit that's supposed to come over, you would read a Puritan book. Yep. But anyway, meditation means to think upon or reflect. Um, It's a biblical word uh, that actually had reference to murmuring or muttering. Mm Mm-hmm making a sound with the mouth that implies what we express by one talking to himself or herself. So if you've ever just been thinking through something and you're almost talking out loud about it and you're meditate, that's, that's the concept behind meditation. It's thinking upon and reflecting on something. See how that's different than the worldly right. meditation, which is empty mind. Right. I don't want to think about anything. No, the, me- the, the Puritan biblical meditation is thinking upon scripture or some theological aspect about God or life or whatever. And you're talking about this Mm -hmm. literally to yourself, thinking about all its implications. Um, Such meditation, I'm quoting now to Beaky's paper here. Such meditation involved reciting to oneself in a low undertone passages of scripture. One had committed to memory. Um, and so, uh, it is that idea where we, you would take like, if you took a verse of the Bible that you're trying to memorize, let's say, and first of all, you're just memorizing. So you're saying the words, but then you started thinking about what you're memorizing. And then maybe you start thinking or praying some of those things to God and talking about it. And then you start to, uh, say, I need to do this in light of this. Or maybe you start praising God because your heart was warmed by whatever you're meditating. That is, that's the concept, right? right? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about biblical meditation. Yeah. So um, it's important to remember, like as we're talking about meditation, that this isn't an invention of the Puritans. Like we said before, they were just good at it. I want you to th- think about these verses here. Let me just read them that talk about meditation. Okay, and what we're referring to here. First of all, of course, probably the most famous one is Psalm 1, Mm -hmm. verses 1 and 2. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's meditating on God's law, the Torah, and he's thinking about it in different ways. He's murmuring it to himself. He's thinking about how it applies to him. He's praising God and praying to God about it, right? Uh, Psalm 119, 148, mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. So here's another example of David talking about meditating in the word of the Lord. Um, in the night watches, right? Mm-hmm. Up in the night. Is Every the season and time is yeah. fit for meditation. Right. Uh, we're uh, Two verses from the New Testament that don't use the word meditation, but I think it's the same concept. Colossians 3, verses 2 and 3. Set your minds on things that are above, mm. not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. I think that that phrase, set your mind on or think about in a certain way, Mm -hmm. like with a very concentrated way, 
Set your mind on things that are above. Another one is Philippians 4, 8, where this one I really think is referencing the concept of biblical meditation on the Word of God or any other good subject for that matter. But he says, finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That, I think, is the idea. You're filling your mind with some uh, scriptural topic, verse, aspect, and you're meditating on it. You're setting your mind to it. And the Puritans were big on it, uh, it beginning in the head. This is more than studying the Bible. Yeah. It's more than reading the Bible, and it's more than studying the Bible. It's taking it to this next level where you're, you're, it goes in the head, right? It's in your brain. You're understanding what's happening in this passage or in the doctrine you're meditating on. But then it's getting into the heart and causing um, affection. Yeah. And, and then that's going to result in commitment to living in light of what you're meditating on. And in the midst of all that, of course, is praying to God about it. So it is this uh, in the head, down into the heart, actually changing the life. Yeah. That will be the fruit of meditation. Uh, two things on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. One, I think it was Stephen Ewell in his talk uh, said something about meditation is not simply reading and studying, but it's not without those things. So again, that counteracts that idea that meditation is simply emptying our minds. No, you need to fill it with the truths of God's word, but simply reading is not meditation. Then the other thing that stands out to me, and this is from Psalm 1, um, that meditation, biblical meditation has a purpose, right? And it produces things, right? So you think about this illustration that the psalmist is using. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers, right? There's this spiritual life and growth and fruit that is born from this work of meditation that we're taking to be undertaking. The other thing that I'll add to this too, and this is something that Stephen Newell said in his in his talk, <clears throat> but he said, well, he, when he was talking about everybody meditates on something, right? Uh, we, we let our minds be filled with all kinds of things all the time. We're mulling them over and, you know, it could be a conversation you had with the person. It could be something you want to do, desires that you have, things like that. Um, but he said, uh, meditate on the scriptures or your minds drift to things which are de- detrimental, and how true is that in our experience when we are not saturating ourselves with the truth of God's word? Where does it wander to? That's right. Yeah. It's a way of keeping our minds under control, too. Yeah. Um, and that's important. So uh, one quotation here um, from Joel Beakey for the Puritans, meditation exercises both the mind and the heart. He who meditates approaches a subject with his intellect as well as his affections. And uh, the Puritans, even though they get a, a bad rap for being kind of stoic and unfeeling or whatever, so actually the yeah, opposite. They yeah. knew you were driven by your affections. Yep. And what they want is your primary affection, obviously, to be God, loving mm-hmm. God with all your heart, soul, and might. Mm-hmm. And then that works its way out into life. So the goal of meditation is to find joy and happiness in God ultimately that will result in um, living differently. Right. Your affections are changed. Right. And uh, it's uh, Thomas Watson, who was a Puritan, said uh, it's a holy exercise of the mind 
whereby we bring the truths of God to remembrance and do seriously ponder upon them and apply them Hmm. to ourselves. So we've truly meditated when we've been affected in the heart by what we're thinking about, and then that was would result in application to our lives. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, you know, you start with, you, you know, you're thinking about something or whatever, and then that might result in, it, let's say you're, you're meditating on a verse about the Lord, and, and you're really thinking about what it's saying, and then you start praising God. Mm. Well, praise you, God, for doing this for me. Like, let's say it was a... John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You're thinking about the different aspects of that. And then also you're like, God, thank you for loving me and thank you for sending your son and you praise him. Well, that hit the heart then. Mm-hmm. That's coming from your heart. You're praising him. And then that might be uh, lead to something that what you would say, God, but I feel like I've, I sinned this morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, and knowing that you sent your son for that sin and I confess that, and I want to, uh, remedy that situation. And now I want to live in a right way that, 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 that fruit. And I think that's the Psalm one fruit that he's talking about. Things like that will happen. You yeah. bear fruit right? when there's this biblical meditation, you give God's word time to digest. Isn't that what uh, you uh, Stephen Yule was his name, right? The, yeah. That did the lecture, and he's talking about that idea of the difference between uh, slamming a meal down or whatever, and yeah. then or savoring a meal. Yeah, swallowing food whole or chewing on it. Yeah, he, is that when he had the? Uh, well, he's quoting from Thomas Manton, I think it was, but he's talking about the uh, the the cow, the animal that does not chew its cud is unclean. Right. Right. right? And he's like, <laughs> well, he's like, they're really stretching this one here, but it <laughs> yeah. works. But the idea that, that so Christians that don't meditate on the word are unclean. Yes. And, uh, yeah. so, so it's that idea of really savoring God's word more. So it's more than reading more mm. than just studying. It's like that step past that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to choose a verse or a topic or right. a theme that clearly comes from Scripture to meditate on. Yeah, uh, They also talked about, uh, and they gave some quotes from Puritans about, you know, uh, the meditation upon a sermon. Yes. So sometimes if you hear something in the service that really strikes you, um, uh, or from a sermon or a lesson or something, maybe jot that down mm-hmm. and give time, more time to that later for meditation Mm -hmm. like you're going to set aside some time to really think about that maybe look up some connecting verses Mm -hmm. pray to god about those things um because sometimes i think we're we're such a fast food world that you know we hear a sermon or we read something in our daily bible reading but then and it kind of hits us for a second but then boom we move Move on. on what god is saying is don't do that take those things and give them time to digest in your soul and then let God bear fruit through that in you. Yeah. While we're on the subject of sermons, I think it was in Beaky's article that he's talking about the Puritans and the preparation for the Lord's Day, which we did a podcast on that a while back. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, but they, he was talking about the role of meditation in that and how, um, you know, really uh, giving yourself to preparing yourself for the gathering of the Lord's people through meditation and prayer. Uh, is really, and he's he, basically what they're saying is like, it, there's so much more benefit derived when you've properly meditated and prepared your heart together with God's people. Yeah. Something like that. And I would think, you know, 
Sunday mornings would be a good time to do that. And let, with the exception of people that have young children, I know that can be really challenging. But giving yourself in the morning for some time right. to th- just thinking about. I think like, you know, depending on what your normal rhythm is like, but still get up plenty early. You know, I think sometimes we look at Sunday morning as a time to sleep in. And I think this idea of meditation and preparation is, no, it's not a time to sleep in. It's time for spiritual work. Right. Get up, meditate, read. Like we always t- send out the passages can be preached on. Meditate on that. Read through it. Things like that. Guarding how long you stay up Saturday Guarding night. Guarding how long you stay up on Saturday right. night. All of those things are helps uh, to prepare your heart to worship. Yeah. Uh, what else? Any other things? Well, here's a little quotation here for Thomas Gouge. I don't know much about him, but he was a Puritan, apparently. A set and deliberate meditation is a serious applying of the mind to some spiritual or heavenly subject, discoursing, uh, dis- discoursing thereof with thyself, to the end thine heart may be warmed, thine affections quickened, and thy resolutions heightened to a greater love of God and hatred of sin. So that's a it's kind of like the goal of meditation. Mm. So um, we, we want to encourage people to meditate. I remember from um, in seminary, Dr. Berg uh, was one of my professors at Bob Jones, and he used to want, us we we had to do it twice that semester like go out for a day with god so you had to set aside a certain period of time and go meditate on something he told us about the time that he went out with isaiah 53 i think it was and he just told god i don't want to leave until you show me Hmm. you know what christ has done for me and and just the fruit that was born from that and his testimony in his own life and the idea that this is time we set apart to to really commune with God. Now, I should clarify, because they did talk about the Puritans had two different um, types of meditation. Right, yes. So the one could be you're going about your business during the day, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you think about something from mm-hmm. Scripture, or you have a little verse that you're memorizing, or you see something in nature right. that reminds you of God. The and, heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you take a few minutes to kind of think about that and pray about that and praise God for it. That can be biblical mm. meditation. But they're saying the most important type of meditation has to be a purposeful set aside of time every day, daily. Yeah. This is a daily duty now, as they refer to it, where you are going to do this at a set time or set times mm-hmm. where you're going to give yourself to some thought. Should we talk about, well, do you have other things that you want to say on that? Well, I was going to say, like, what what were you about to say? Because we're <laughs> probably going the same way. I was going to say what you were going to say. Uh, I think we should talk maybe a little bit about that process. Right. Okay. Well, we're on the same And when page. it can be and that when kind of thing, like some practical how things. How it might flesh itself out. Right. Because I think that's the, so if you're listening to Stephen Ewell's talk or you're reading this paper from Beaky at first, you're like, wow, this is really like kind of overwhelming mm-hmm. in some ways as they are talking about all the different ways the Puritans talked about meditation and thought about it, all these things. But I think it can actually be distilled down to some pretty simple things. Much simpler, yeah. Uh, can I just mention this before we get into that? One thing I wanted to mention is um, there are barriers to this, I think especially in our culture, that mm-hmm. slow us down from meditation. One of them is we aren't a type of people, because thinking can take hard work. It can be work. Yes. Uh, and discipline in the mind and work. And we 
generally as a society don't like to think hard about things for very long. Mm. Our, our attention spans are very short and I don't even recognize this in myself. Yeah. Yeah. When you're meditating, it's another word for meditation is muse. And the word muse comes from the uh, Anglo-French uh, word muser, however they would pronounce that, meaning to gape, to idle, to muse. Uh, the image evoked is one of a thinker so absorbed in thought as to be unconsciously open-mouthed. Right, so he's it's just like that. That the statue, the thinker, yes, you know, that's sitting there, and he's so encaptured in thought, he doesn't realize he's naked. <laughs> that's right. You're like, <laughs> don't I'm get thinking so hard, I forgot to put my clothes on. Yeah, well, he's you know, so you got to be careful of that. Make sure you have clothes on when you begin <laughs> meditation. But you think about that word muse and meditation being the same thing. We have something in our culture called amusement, right? Mm. We put the A in front of muse, so it's without thinking, without any of that. Mm -hmm. We much prefer the easy entertainment, the thoughtlessness of whatever to serious contemplation. I think it's that, and we all battle that. Mm -hmm. And we have trouble focusing our mind and heart on anything too long because if you think about even the nature of social media, you know, you can read through there, you see some some picture of somebody's birthday party. The next one could be like whatever. And then all of a sudden you come across one like 30,000 people dead in two minutes and (laughs) earthquake in Indonesia. And you're like, oh, that's terrible. Next one, you're seeing the Grinch dancing at Christmas, you know, whatever. It's like we just move on from these things. We don't give much thought to serious things. So this is a discipline. Hmm. Again, we're disciples that have to employ discipline. The thing with that too is that, like you're talking about like that social media, there's just a constant barrage of information and yeah. you don't even have time to process it. Right. The capacity. And that's where biblical meditation is so helpful because you're saying, I'm not going to just take in a whole constant barrage of information. I'm going to take one little piece. That's it. In process. That's a and good word for it. it. We would use more modern word. We'd processing some, take some time to process. Yeah. These things. So anyway, so just some very simple things, right. On how to do this. Yeah, so I uh, I took down notes from Stephen Ewell's thing. I thought his six points were helpful as he is basically distilling down what he would take away from Thomas Merton. That's kind of what I'd walk through. Uh, he says, number one, pray for God's blessing, right? And this is important, right? We understand that the Word of God is a spiritual book, and the eye, our eyes have to be opened by the Spirit of God. So Psalm 119, uh, verse 118, right? Open my eyes, and I might behold wondrous things from your law. Right, that's where you start. Uh, number two, he says, choose a biblical truth. And this is, he says, this is important. Meditation is not for figuring things out. It is not the time for speculation. It is time for taking what we know and making sure it is being enforced upon the heart and voicing it. I can't read my handwriting. And using it in a, man, my handwriting is bad, practical way in our lives. So things like the attributes of God, the perfections of Jesus, uh, things like that that are, are clear in Scripture. Take one aspect of those things, meditate upon that, okay? That'd be point number two. Uh, then you ask questions. That'd be number three. What does this teach me about God? Uh, I, I think about meditation in the sense of, like, it's a diamond and it has a lot of facets, and you're looking at each different facet from a different angle, shining a light on it from a different angle, trying to see uh, how it might apply or different things about it. And then he says, number four, examine yourselves. What have you done? What have you not done in light of the truth that you've meditated upon? 
Are you acting upon this truth? That's kind of the, the, the next step there. And then he says, number five, resolve. What will I do? And he says here, this is important, just today. Right. We can oftentimes think of resolutions in terms of like we were joking at the beginning, right? People set out to resolve for the next year. I'm not going to ever eat sugar again. And like by day 10, they're like, this is impossible. Well, if you were to resolve today, I'm not going to eat sugar or today I'm going to resolve to obey this truth. I'm not worried about tomorrow. Uh, that's a that's a different way to think about how we respond to these things. And then finally, uh, pray for God's help. Ask the Lord to help you. Um, so those are kind of some, maybe some steps yeah. there. One thing you could, people could combine with this is scripture memorization. Um, right now, as we're walking through Romans, we'll eventually get back to it, but we've chosen verses out of each of those chapters that would be helpful to memorize and have in our minds. And you could, as you're memorizing um, and reciting those memory verses, you could be using it as an opportunity to meditate. You can attach mm-hmm. it to your daily mm-hmm. devotional time. You could think about it, things when you're standing in line at the grocery store. You could, uh, whatever, before you go to bed, I don't know. You have trouble sleeping at night, middle of the night. You can, instead mm. of, you, you can meditate on something. And So anyway, those are ways that I think can be just very simple as far yeah. as just incorporated in. It, uh, don't have to, um, it's not. It doesn't take a entire life change. It's no. just incorporating this into your life. Well, with that, so maybe just a couple of encouragements. Because I, as I was thinking through this, because I was hit by this thought of like, man, I'm not very good at this. I don't do this. And then it got, as I was reading and thinking more about it, it's like, no, actually, I kind of, I do in different ways. So maybe ask some of these questions. And, and you ask these questions so you can improve and you recognize what meditation is and you can be more fruitful in it. But like, if you're reading your Bible and your daily Bible reading and you take note of a phrase or a concept from a passage and you think about that it, during that time you're like oh that's really neat and I think about it maybe I write something just a response to that and then I think about it later on in the day again right that kind of be the start of a meditation yep. Yep. right or, or you come across a situation and you apply you think about that phrase and you apply it oh that fits to this situation right yeah. um, that's meditation yep. or a point from a sermon like we were talking about you know something you said yesterday if it stood out, or no, it'd be Sunday, right? Uh, stood out to you so that you you think more about it, and that that's meditation. Or a line from a hymn, uh, you know, if you uh, or any song you're singing a song, but one line in particular stands out to you, and you think about that over and over, or you're singing it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That's a form of meditation, mm-hmm. um, and then responding to those truths, you know, yeah. thanking God for and praising, uh, do different things like that. Yeah, I think that's good. One other thought I had on this, because the one thing that has stood out to me over and over in this is like, this is biblical counseling in mm-hmm. many ways, right? When we're bibl- giving people biblical counsel, oftentimes it's dealing with issues that they're dealing with, sins or things like that. So much of the help of that is found in meditation, right? We're saying meditate on this one truth, right? This one facet that relates to your struggle or whatever. Um, so so I think like if... if if you're dealing with besetting sins or fears, doubts, insecurities, uh, like think about characteristics of God that relate to that, mm-hmm. right? And meditate on all those. Think about how, okay, here's all the things that I'm fearing today or uh, my wrong desires. And think about what does Jesus, his work apply to that? And yeah. you don't want to make it more specific, but. 
yep. that'd be kind of the goal. Good. Any other thoughts? No, I think that's a good uh, overview here. <laughs> well, we will put some links in the uh, notes to these articles and uh, and sermons, and we hope they're helpful. We do hope this conversation is helpful for you, our listeners, as we uh, encourage you to be better students of the Bible, to meditate on the Word of God, as that is what God desires, that we know Him and walk with Him more. Uh, at the Calvary Cast, we love to hear from you, so you can reach out to us in a number of ways. If you're a part of our church, the simplest is just talk to us on a Sunday morning or throughout the week. Give us a phone call, shoot us a text, or send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're cool and you're on Instagram, you follow us at thecalvarycast on Instagram. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. So until next time. Thank you.